right, good morning again, everybody. We had uh, our week kind of thrown off this past week, didn't we? So we, were, we canceled services, and so we'll start the prayer uh, series this Wednesday night, weather permitting, because I hear there's more weather coming in from what I understand, so weather permitting. We'll start again this Wednesday, and uh, that'll be good. So we, uh, we're going to start a new series today, and it's going to go along with the focus on prayer. Uh, one of the key components that we use as Christians when it comes to praying is our faith. So we're going to start a new series on faith, and it's slightly different from prayer, but it goes along with it very well, and so it'll support what we're studying on Wednesday nights. So we're going to start a message series on faith this week, and as we know, as we covered in our State of the Church series, the mission of our church is to love God with all of our hearts, minds, and strength, and to share that with as many people as we can. The love of God is the reason you and I are here. The love of God is our number one commodity as a church. It's our number one need. It's the world's number one need. It's the most important thing we have to share. Amen? So love is our number one commodity. And if we were to use economic terms, the means of production for love to be produced and increase in our church is faith. Love is the product. Faith is the means of production. So the highest and best use of our faith, other than coming to know God, other than coming into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the highest and best use of our faith is to increase love. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the series, things that support faith, things that grow faith. Uh, how do we not do things that destroy our faith? We'll be talking about that over the next few weeks. Faith, and if we were just hanging a definition on the word, because it's a word that's used so often, like a lot of words, we kind of lose its meaning. The way you use it is different from the way that I use it. And so people use the word and they have different definitions for it when they're using it. It's kind of like love, right? Or it's kind of like, uh, you know, anything you, you could think of. <clears throat> it's a very commonly used word. And so I want to hang a definition on the word. I want to talk about some presuppositions or some fundamental properties of faith as we go through the series. I think it's important to identify those. And so if we're going to talk about hanging a definition on, on the word, the number one word we're going to use to describe faith is confidence. Faith is having confidence in God. Faith's having confidence in God. Not only his ability, but his goodness, his character, his wisdom, all of those things, his generosity. Faith is having confidence in God. And I would add a qualifier to that because faith is having confidence in God for something very specific, to do something that I cannot do without his help. You know, church, there are a lot of things I can do quite well without God's help. Right? I can sweep the floor in my office very easily without God's help. Well, now you could say, well, you, you couldn't if you didn't have life, if you didn't have air to breathe. Yeah, okay, I get that. But you understand what I'm saying? 
there are just certain things I don't need a lot of help with from God in order to be able to accomplish. Faith is something God wants us to reach for and to grow in and to believe him for to do things that I can't accomplish. And you want to know why? It's because that's what brings him glory in the world. He loves it when his kids reach for this tool, this very important tool, grab hold of it, and expect things from him that they can't do without him. God gets excited about that. And so faith is having confidence in God to do the things we can't do without him, and he actually wants us to do that. The, the Bible says, as we read in the State of the Church series, uh, whenever we do that, it brings glory to God. We bear fruit for him, and it brings glory to him when we do that. And so faith is an important topic, and it's something we can understand. There are three fundamental things about faith that I want to guide our conversation. <clears throat> you don't have to wonder whether or not you have faith. In Romans 12, 3, it says God has distributed to each one a measure of faith. Everyone has a measure of faith. So you don't have to wonder whether or not you have faith. You have faith. The only question is, what have you done with it? Now, some people have great faith. Some people have little faith. So the Bible describes that as well. There are different strengths and degrees of faith. But everybody has faith. It's in varying degrees. But here's the thing. Everyone can grow the faith that you have. And if you grow the faith that you have, you will see bigger and better results in your life. Not only in your love for God, your love for other people, but the impact that you see on the world around you. Faith is something everyone has. We are responsible for growing the measure of faith that we have been given. It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So there you have it. As faith grows, love grows. It's our responsibility to grow the faith that we have, and when we do, the love grows as well. And then the last point. Our faith is grown on the food of the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so those are the three fundamental principles that are going to kind of undergird our conversation about faith. It's very important if you're going to increase your faith. The word of God is a non-optional ingredient in doing that. So we need to have confidence in God. We need to have confidence in his word. And these are the ways by which we will, make, we will take new ground in regards to exercising our faith. Now, here's the last point I want to make before we get into the text today. Because this word has gotten a bad reputation in some circles of the church because it is not used, it is abused. Having faith to acquire things for ourselves that glorify ourselves is a very common thing, especially in the part of the world that I come from, and I won't name any names on television. 
But faith is not something that will guarantee you personal success. That's not what it's intended to do. Faith is important to help us grow in our love for God, grow in our love for other people, and to see results happen on other people around us. We really do want to make an impact on other people and on the world around us. And so faith will help us to see results, but it will not guarantee our success. You might not get your name in the local paper by using your, and exercising your faith, but your name will be recorded in God's book for making an impact for his kingdom on someone's life. So these are, these are the, the guiding principles as we're going to go through this series on faith. And it's, a, it's an important thing. If faith increases in your life, every good thing will increase with it. Not only will good stuff increase in your life, the bad stuff will decrease in your life. Believing God, having confidence in God, is a useful tool for every sphere of life. And it will be something that will serve you well uh, in all of your circumstances. And so the text today actually is from Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 5. So many things to discuss when it comes to the topic of faith. Faith is something, it's just like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. The more weight you lift with it, the more you load it up, the stronger it's going to get. And so we'll be talking about uh, just topics of conversation that will just help us to do that together, increase and strengthen our faith. It's the number one ingredient in prayer. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified with God through faith, faith is the means by which we come into a relationship with God, so it's very important. That's how most of us here probably think of it, but it's not just that. It's, it's actually more than that. Let's see what the text continues to say. We've been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access again by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And so by faith, we've come to a relationship with God where we have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ, but we've also entered into something, something very important. We have entered into This grace, the text says, what is grace? It is the unmerited favor of God. Church, by faith, we enter into the resources of heaven, divine resources. We enter into a realm of tools and abilities and resources that we don't have that are just waiting for us to access By faith, by having confidence in God, and by appropriating them on purpose with the tools that he's prescribed by which we do that. And the number one tool that we have by which we appropriate those things is through prayer, through asking for them, through speaking, using our words to produce life. Let's keep reading. 
And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You know, that's an interesting thing to bring up, suffering, perseverance, character, hope. These are things that God wants to produce in us, and faith is an important ingredient in that topic because more often than not, Faith is the muscle that helps us to continue doing what we know is right, what God wants us to do, what God wants, to, wants us to seek, even when it looks like it isn't working. Let me repeat that again. Faith is the muscle, faith is the tool God has provided for us to use to continue doing what he wants us to do, even when it looks like it isn't working. Some people call that insanity. Other people call it faith. It's having confidence. This thing might not happen on my time frame, but I know I'm supposed to be believing God for this, and I'm not going to quit. More often than not, what faith looks like is an amazing success. It's the person who just doesn't quit. Think about Abraham. Here's a good example. Abraham, great man of faith in the Bible. At 70 Five years old, God called him to pick up his whole family and move to a new country, didn't he? How many of you think the prospect of moving everything at 75 sounds like a lot of fun, especially with camels and wagons and things like that? 75 years old, God promises him, not only am I going to give you a new piece of land, but I'm going to give you a family. Wow. And Abraham believes him. You'd think at 75, that baby's probably going to come at any time, right? No. 25 years. Church. God makes a promise at 75 to have a kid, and he takes 25 years to deliver. Faith continues believing even when it's crazy. Right, Noah? I'm sure we could think of plenty of people in the Bible who were crazy for believing God for what they did. You know? And the text says in Romans, in the book of Romans, that Abraham believed God and never wavered in his faith. Wow. Of course, we know Abraham's track record wasn't perfect. We know at 99, when God came to remind Abraham of that promise that he made him, Abraham laughed. You've got to be kidding me. You're still going to do that? And so we have to wonder, I wonder what, not what Paul's definition in Romans of not wavering is, because it looked pretty shaky to me when you laugh at God when he reminds you of the promise. Here's the thing. Abraham tried to make the promise happen on his own, didn't he? You remember that story? We won't bring up the details. 
So it's not like Abraham's track record was perfect. What does that mean? He didn't waver in his faith. It means Abraham, no longer where he was at in his life or in his journey, no longer, no matter how impossible it was, if God came and tapped him on the shoulder, Abraham said yes. Abraham didn't give up on God whenever he reminded him of that thing he wanted to do, even though it looked impossible. Church, that is faith. We don't have to have the perfect track record. We don't have to have the perfect performance. We just have to continue saying yes and signing up and not quitting. And I guarantee you, if you hang in there long enough, eventually God comes through. Can you think of stories where that might be true in your life? I think of that in, uh, in association with just different ministries I've been a part of where I really believed God for things and wanted to see an impact made on the, the context that we were in. I think of the church that we planted in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, from nothing, with nothing, with non-churched people. It was one of those churches that we started and we didn't get a bunch of people mad with us in the church that we were at and leave and start a new church. It wasn't that type of a thing. We started a church with people who weren't going to church. And so we really wanted to see God make an impact on the city that we were starting the church in. And for four years, the church just floundered, and ultimately, it failed. You know, I prayed and believed God. We fasted every Wednesday, our team. We had a core team of people. We fasted every Wednesday and prayed and believed God for X, Y, and Z, and we just floundered along as a church and basically just survived, keeping our, our nose and mouth above water. But after four years, when we left, the church stopped, and it was a failure. But, you know, I was thinking about it, and I say that all the time, and I was thinking about some of the things that God did during that time frame. One of the things I mentioned last week was we got to baptize Amy's brother, Zach, and that picture of his baptism was the thing in his room that he had whenever he passed away in his room. That was his reminder. An important thing for him was that, that baptism. That was a cool thing. That, but we made an impact on Zach's life. I think of a friend of mine that I had at the time who started coming to church and Whenever we started the church, he was working, he had been working as a bouncer at a nightclub where he had met his girlfriend that he was living with and had a kid with, but they started coming to church, and that guy's pastoring a church now. How cool is that? I think of getting to baptize my old junior high wrestling coach. First baptism, and he and his family came to our church, and I remember meeting with him at our house, and he said, you know, used to, I would go with my wife to church just to make her happy. Now I'm coming to church because I want to come to church. And he's still going to church and loving church. You know, I think of, uh, I think of a couple of other things. My little niece, Allie, she came to our church 
and she started playing the guitar in our church, learning to play the guitar, playing on the worship team some. And now, that's where she got her start in music. Now she's leading worship for a Presbyterian church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I, I apologize for her choice of schools that she's going to. But she's in ministry now. She's planning on going and doing missionary work and building water wells for people in Africa or wherever. Emma, little Emma, got her first introduction to music. She got her call to ministry at the Foundry Church in Broken Arrow. And I think about things like that. And I can, I can look you in the eye and I can acknowledge to you that church was a failure but I can also look at you in the eye and tell you the work was a success. The prayers and the faith did not produce the results that I wanted, but the prayers and the faith produced fruit and made an impact that brought glory to God, even if it didn't to me. And sometimes whenever we exercise faith, and we're building our faith, and we're looking to grow our faith, we need to keep that in mind. Because, and it's human nature, and I'm not saying it's even an inappropriate thing to do, to use our faith and believe God for things that we need. Believing that your business grows, that you have success. I, I, I'm not saying that's an inappropriate way to use your faith. What I'm saying is we need to keep an eye on the impact that is being made because that's the real fruit that is being produced for God because people start successful churches all the time that never see anyone's life changed, not even once. Church, when we're exercising our faith, what we need to keep in mind is we want to grow it, we want to strengthen it, we want to increase it, but the ultimate thing God wants to glean from our faith is an impact on people's lives that brings glory to him, even when it doesn't necessarily to us. Amen? It was, uh, <clears throat> you know, God never failed. God never failed once to meet our needs when we were doing the work we felt like he was calling us to do. But there was never once when we had more than enough. It was usually that situation where God may not be early, but keep the faith. He's never too late, you know? And, and sometimes God uses those circumstances to test us. Are you going to quit? Are you going to give up when you're under this constant tension? cost us everything that we had that, that season of our life. It, it literally cost us everything that we had, and we even slid backwards. Are you going to quit? Are you going to keep believing, even though it doesn't look like it's working or making any difference? Because it might be 10 years after the fact until you can look back and see the results. That's how faith works grows. So church, as we move forward in the next few weeks, <clears throat> let's keep this topic on the front burner of our minds and hearts. And I'm going to close with a word of prayer over us. Again, faith is something that grows. It's activated 
more often than not, based upon what we're praying for and believing for and speaking forth. And so the words that we speak can be building our faith or it can be destroying our faith. Let's pay attention to our words as we go forward in this series because the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. Are your words strengthening your faith or are your words ruining and destroying your faith? Let's pay attention to that. Not only our words about ourselves, about other people, those closest to us, how are your words functioning? Let's pay attention to that. And so I want to pray. Let me just pray over us as we, uh, as we close this message today and look forward to what God has for us the rest of this series. I just want to pray that we have an opportunity to hit the reset button on our speech together this morning. And so let's just listen to the Holy Spirit and have him highlight things that we might be saying to ourselves in our minds that are kind of slipping out in our speech on occasion that are really destructive. Might be destructive towards our spouse, towards our kids, might be destructive towards people that we work with. But it's actually destroying or diluting faith, the strength of faith. It's negative. And so, Father, we pray that if that's true of anyone in this room this morning, we would admit that to you. We would acknowledge it. We'd make the choice to hand it over. Say, I want to be done with that. And Father, I want to pray by faith that you would, even this day as we go forth from this message, give us words to replace those negative words with that are positive and life-giving. So Father, I even pray for new words even now, seeds to be planted, and it'll just come up in our minds maybe later this afternoon. I'm going to stop saying this and I'm going to start saying this instead. You know, usually complaining and criticizing only makes the problem worse. And so, Father, I pray that you give us words to replace those words with that will bring life and actually improve the situation because they're positive and they're life-giving and they come from you. And, Father, I pray that we'd begin speaking those things with confidence. Sometimes it's not just what we say, it's but how we say it. It really makes a difference. So, Father, give us not only words to say, but, but give us the courage to say it with confidence. Even if we don't feel confident, if we say it with confidence, it changes the way we feel. So, Father, I just pray that we would, we would be strengthened with new speech as we leave here today. We would be mindful of how we're using our faith. What are you believing God for? Church. In your heart. In your home. In your marriage. In your workplace. What are you believing God for specifically? If you don't have an answer for that, we need to be thinking about what we want to begin using our faith to believe God for to make a good, positive impact in all of those venues. God wants to be glorified 
by seeing you made happy by his work in your life. Father, as we leave here today, we thank you that we carry this word with us. We put it to good use. And we believe that some good impact is going to come as a result of it. We pray and ask this together in Jesus' name.